tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera. Pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado. Para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500. Hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. On cue to finally pay only to be told. You can't pay to a merchant number. The way that thing they pay, eh? But with Vodafone Cash, there is no problem. Vodafone Cash, you can pay all merchants on all networks. Easy peasy. And you're straight. And you're direct. And you're sharp. From your Vodafone Cash wallet to any merchant's number on other networks. So whether you are buying provisions or fuel, medication or food, whatever the service or need, just pay conveniently from Vodafone Cash to any merchant's number. Simply dial star 110 hash to make payment to merchants on other networks today. Vodafone. Wouldn't you prefer an apartment hotel? One that offers the utmost convenience of a boutique hotel while offering the idyllic comfort of your own private home. Oasis Park Residences offers luxury studios, one, two, and three bedrooms, both for short and long-term rental at competitive rates. Our Sky Swimming Pool Gourmet Outdoor Restaurant and a fully equipped gym rest on a breathtaking rooftop with panoramic views of the city. Oasis Park Residences, located at Shiashi Tetekwashi, 10 minutes from the International Airport, is the ideal place for all your accommodation needs. Why don't you give us a call on 020-4343-009 or visit our website at oasisparkresidences.com to make your reservations. Oasis Park Residences, more than a home. is Nanama McBrown. Many people think I get what I want anytime because I am popular. <laughs> no, that is not true. It is because me and Kasano, I like the best and when I find it, I stick to it. I have found Bell Pack T-Roll and I'm stuck with it. It is soft but not weak, strong but not hard. It is just perfect. Bell Pack T-Roll is smooth and gentle on the skin. Same as Bell Pack Kitchen Towel. It cleans in one wipe. You can soak, squeeze, and clean again. One Bell Packaging Towel lasts longer and saves you money. It's time you switch to Bell Pack today and experience the perfect paper tissue. Saiye pocket tissue, table napkins, tea roll, and a kitchen towel. Bell Pack is simply the best. Bell Pack, just perfect. To be a Bell Pack distributor, call 055-114-4400. Another quality product from Bell Aqua. so good like Bell And welcome to News Night. We are live on Joy 99.7 FM here in Accra and Kumasi. We are on Love 99.5 FM and affiliates across Ghana's 16 regions. We are on Twitter Spaces. We are on Facebook, myjoyonline.com. In the next 60 minutes here on News Night. 
an unlikely farewell on the day Chief Justice Kwesi Eningyebua exits office. Justice administration across the country is set to come to a halt as his staff have declared a nationwide strike over the failure of the government to increase their salaries. kind words for the exiting chief justice he's an astute legal practitioner and also a judge in the realm of uh, civil procedure only a few people can, can can compare with him you could read from the faces of staff that they were so sad when his tenure of office was coming to an end because he is somebody who has held every staff of the service together We'll get to hear from the Ghana Bar Association. We'll hear from Jusak CJ Eninyabwa retires today. Also tonight, cultivation of marijuana remains an offense in Ghana. Details are Supreme Court affirms its decision that Parliament acted unconstitutionally when it allowed production for medicinal purposes without due process. Also later. So it covers all the 16 flagship programs and it's a constant exercise of looking at the efficiency in terms of the spend, how much effectiveness are you achieving for every CD you are spending on it and in terms of the value for money, are you getting every CD's worth for what you are spending on? Government says it is already taking the necessary steps to review all existing flagship programs as part of its objectives to strengthen fiscal policy. This follows uh, emerging details from IMF country report. Also, President Ekofado hints at rigorous expenditure rationalization and prudent spending as the government puts strategies in place to meet conditions set by the IMF to assess the second tranche of the bailout in six months. The rationalization of our expenditures, the rationalization of government expenditures is something that we have given the assurance. The domestic revenue mobilization is absolutely critical for us. Uh, Already we're beginning to see signs of that. And in business, government submits new proposals to independent power producers on restructuring debts in the sector. And in sports, Kerta Kriku says he's unfazed by individuals seeking to contest him for the GFA presidency, insisting he has lived up to his mandate. And also in our latest episode of Schools of Shame, we'll tell you how hunger is forcing hundreds of students at the Kmandu Primary School at the Northeast Gonja district of the Savannah region to stay out of school. After the Easter holidays, when we came back from the house, children have not been coming to school. Tuesday, only one child who came today to only one person who is in. We are hungry. That is the reason why many of my colleagues are not in school. We have that and more in this edition of Newsnight. Please do all to join us with your thoughts and comments. You can send them via WhatsApp at 55 If you're listening to us or watching us live on Facebook, you're also listening on Twitter Spaces or MyJoyOnline.com, you can leave your comments there. I am MFA Apau. Tonight, Justice Administration across the country is set to suffer as the Judicial Service Staff Association of Ghana, JUSAC, has declared a nationwide strike. They are demanding increase in the salaries of members as they accuse government of neglecting their concerns. So all of this is happening on the day the head of the judiciary, Chief Justice Kwesi Eningyebua, is retiring. JUSAC President Samuel Afote Otu says they will stay away from work until their concerns are addressed. We 
we are pushing for the president to approve and pay us does not affect only administrative staff of the service. Directors are part, district court magistrates are part, and the circuit court judges are all part. All these people serving the third hand of government have been subjected to this mistreatment by the government. We have suffered enough. We can no longer bear it. An empty sack cannot stand upright. The National Executive Council of JUSA, upon consultation with Judicial Services Association of Ghana, JUSA, Senior Staff Association, SACU, Drivers Association, Finance Staff Association, and all stakeholders, who by this declaration of strike, all staff of the service are immediately directed not to report to work from today onwards. Well, so that's um, Abdullahi uh, Yakubu, uh, that's uh, the JUSAC General Secretary there. Uh, he would join. No, that's uh, unfortunately, sorry, that's uh, JUSAC President Samuel Afute Otu there uh, speaking earlier at that press conference. We are hoping to be joined on the phone by JUSAC General Secretary Abdullahi Yakubu, uh, giving us further details on this. We'll also be reaching the National Labor Commission. The Executive Secretary will also be joining us on the concerns that have been raised by um, these workers, that's JUSAC, on their concerns that they've raised on a day that the Chief Justice is exiting office. Well, let me bring in my colleague, Joseph Akable. Um, also, he's been monitoring events uh, in court for us, also uh, monitoring the concerns also raised by JUSAC members uh, a while ago. And um, he will join us because there are a number of legal issues that he's been following today at the presence of the Supreme Court and then also uh, this um, declaration of strike by JUSAC members. We have Blay joining us on the phone. So, Joseph, um, let's Let's talk about um, first uh, this concerns that have been raised by JUSAC members. What, what exactly were the concerns and that they put out? And so they make the point that under the constitution, the president approves their conditions of service. And so they say that the Judicial Council made recommendations uh, which they expected the president to approve to have seen uh, implemented, but that has not been done. They again make reference to the fact that. There are other colleagues in various departments within the public service following the cancellation of the conditions of service of living allowance, the popular cola that uh, was implemented, 30%. Uh, their colleagues have their salaries adjusted more or less to replace the cola that have been scrapped. But for them, their salaries remain the same, and they have so far been trying to engage government on the matter, and they have not had any positive response, for which reason they've decided to embark on this act- particular action. They, in fact, make the point that uh, the Labour Commissioner tried to intervene, but they attended the meeting, and no government representative attended that meeting, except a director at the Ministry of Employment who showed up at the tail end of the meeting, MFA. I guess you've been asking them, uh, at least the leadership, about what a farewell this would be uh, for the former boss whom they describe as a Labour-friendly Chief Justice. In fact, the General Secretary, Abdullah Yakubu makes the point that uh, it's unfortunate that this is happening on the day that he's going on strike because they believe he's someone who had their interest at heart. But that notwithstanding, they believe again that he would understand why they're embarking on this action because the Labour Commission, per letter that they wrote to them, gave them up until May 24 to engage with government and report to the Commission. And so it is for that reason that decided on this May 24th, since they have not heard 
from the Labour Commission or heard from government on that matter. Then they decided that this is the day that they ought to announce the strike. Okay. Well, uh, we would interrogate all these issues and that they are raising uh, shortly if we're able to raise uh, the National Labour Commission and JUSEC themselves. But let's talk about the general mood on the CJ's last day. It's been very calm in and around the Supreme Court premises. Uh, the Chief Justice wrapped up a lot of his judicial functions yesterday. So today, actually, he did not come into the courtroom. Uh, we understand from our sources that he spent the time within the office present and made their, pro- their usual goodbyes and getting ready to leave office was what engages attention today. But around the court premises and his office complex, uh, there was a sense of, yes, that day that you have an individual going. Unlike other uh, Chief Justice, if you look at the Chief Justice Sophia Kufu, for instance, uh, just before she exited, she opted to use one of the decisions of the court as a validatory judgment, uh, which was rendered, and afterwards her colleagues took turns to uh, bid her farewell. That did not happen in the case of Chief Justice Kusin in Okay. Well, we'll talk about his tenure, uh, Joseph. Uh, the courts, we know, have really come under some serious criticisms um, over the period. I'm sure uh, this is something that most of them have been talking about. Yes, the period of his administration, uh, largely two main issues have come up. So the first one has been the infrastructure development that has been quite significant, which has been a positive for him. I mean, courts have been open across the country, including the courts for appeal being extended beyond Accra. Uh, a number of uh, districts and circuit courts have been opened through the assistance of the various uh, municipal and district chief executives. Uh, but the other concern has been the perception about the administration of justice and whether the courts have been fair at the very highest level. That is an area where uh, the Chief Justice, for that matter, has come under quite some intense level of criticism. Uh, we will know that the NDC, for instance, have been very vocal on this particular issue. There are periods that uh, some persons even went as far as tagging the Apex Court as an uh, unanimous FC and, and urging that whoever takes over as next Chief Justice should embark on a move to more or less restore the dignity of the judiciary. But uh, largely within the legal fraternity, a good number of very respected uh, lawyers hold the view that uh, Chief Justice Kwesi Nindiabwa was and is a brilliant judge and a brilliant lawyer, and for that matter, who served this country well. In fact, President Akufuado, during a farewell dinner over the weekend, described him as an exceptional Chief Justice. Okay, stay with me, uh, Joseph. Um, there are other uh, controversial issues and that you would want to tackle with you. Uh, you've been following that. We'll hear from the GBA, the, the Ghana Bar Association, and JUSEC itself. Uh, they've been, um, you know, talking about Chief Justice Kwesi Nini Yeboah. Uh, we'll talk about it shortly. But let's tackle the labor concerns that have been raised uh, by JUSEC. And thankfully, uh, Abdullah Yakubu, the JUSEC General Secretary, joins us on the line. We are grateful uh, for your time, Mr. Abdullah, if you can hear me. Hello, good evening. Good evening, MFA. Thank you and so good much. Good evening to the staff of the judicial service. Okay, thank you so much for joining us once again. So, on a day that um, your former boss is leaving office, a man that you've described as a labor-friendly person, what a farewell you're giving him? I think we agree home with him, only to come back when what he has been doing for us is granted us. Anyway, it was by coincidence that we have to take that uh, hard decision today. Mm. Okay, but I'm sure that uh, you've been hearing from him. What has he been saying? We'll get into the details of the concerns that you're raising. But I'm, I'm curious, what has he been telling leadership? You mean in respect of the salaries? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, before we got here, we wrote to him to intervene on our behalf. And he has been pushing. As we were working, even at the Labor Commission, 
Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera, pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. authorities to grant us what is due us. That's the report that we had officially from him. Unfortunately, that did not yield the results that we desired. So he did his part and we thank him so much for doing that. Let me find out to what extent you have engaged government on this matter and um, to find out what it would take for this action to be called off. Okay, in terms of engagement with uh, government, we after we looked at the system justice and we're not getting the results, we just try to now on May Day show the placards to the president. We met him at the May Day Paris in Bulga, showed placards to him, and he saw what we're going through. And behind the back door, we've engaged people in government to see that they could uh, give us the approvals that we're looking for so that we don't get to where we are now. That did not materialize. Then on 5th of May, Jusak officially wrote to the president himself, saying that this uh, approval of our new salaries should be granted to us. And we gave up to 12 May because after 12 May, control was going to close their system and wouldn't get it in the month of May. We wanted it in May with all the areas from January. That was not done for us. On that very day, we wrote to the Labour Commission also asking, uh, informing them of our intention to embark on industrial actions if we did not get the approval by 12 of May. And we copied the Chief of Staff, we copied the Finance Ministry and then the Labour Ministry so that they would know what was happening. Unfortunately, we didn't get any response from the government side when that issue became topical and we've been discussed on major platforms like Joy FM, Joy News, and other media stations. Mm. The Labour Commission did invite us and invite the government side to appear on time. We appeared on time and the government side technically did not appear because we held the meeting after the later part of the meeting when a deputy director from the Labour Ministry appeared at the time that we had already, uh, already done with the issue. But we're okay. We said let's give it a benefit of the doubt because of the critical nature of the service we render and this implication of the national Labour Commission gave us 14 days to resolve the matter and report to the Commission and directed the Labour Ministry to convene the meeting between USAC, the Office of the Chief of Staff, and the Finance Minister so that we could work on the approval, get the issues resolved, and report outcome to them. The 14 days was actually too much for us, so we asked that they should give us two days. They said no. We said, ask we can't for this. They said no. We said, they give us only one week because they said they sit on Wednesday. The commission said and insisted on their uh, 14 days that they wanted to give to us. We had to place the nation's interest and they said, okay, let's comply with the 14 days. We came home, kept our phones on, kept our office open, expecting that somebody from the other ministries, when they were served with the ruling of the commission, will comply with that. Because the commission, when they, they have the powers of a high court judge, unfortunately, the government decided to disregard the directive that came from the commission. So nobody wrote to us to convene any meeting. Nobody called any of us that we should come and hold a meeting to resolve that matter and report. They waited but had time to attend to other issues that were important to them like elections. Until today, 
when we were supposed to report to the commission. There wasn't anything to report to the commission because the government did not invite us to any meetings, let alone give us the approval. So we appeared today before the Labour Commission. And the GBC Labour Minister also appeared and indicated that they were looking for time and they gave the, the usual excuses that they would give. And when, we, when you monitor how the events had transpired, including the proceedings at the Commission, you will understand that there is a deliberate attempt to frustrate GUSAC and to keep the staff of the judicial service suffering, well, even when they could not bear it any longer. What, what so we are compelled to take this hard decision that will lay off our tools until we get the approval. Ms. Abdelai, what would be the motive of anyone to deliberately frustrate your members? What, what do you think would be the motive? I wouldn't be able to tell, but for you to be served with a letter notifying you of strike by no less institution than the third arm of government, mm-hmm. which handles cases involving people's freedoms, and you decide not to do anything. And for a commission which has the powers of a high court to order you to take steps to resolve the issue, and you don't even have a time to make a phone call or write a letter to engage the parties to resolve this matter. Mm. If, it, if it is not deliberate, I don't know what it will mean. Even if they say they didn't see the directive from the Labour Ministry at all, a deputy director from the Labour Ministry appeared and heard the directive that was being given. He would have briefed his boss. At the media attention, Joe FM is so big a platform to have discussed an issue and government will say that they have not heard anything like that. And perhaps you wondered why government hasn't made any public statement over this issue ever since we started over a month ago. But Mr. Abdullah, I'm sure you've considered the times that we are in. I don't know where the percentages. Maybe you can refresh our memory in terms of the percentages in salary increments that your members are looking for. But look at the times that we're in. Have we considered that as well? It's, it's the one thing about you is that we decided that, okay, we're going to be moderate in our demand because we knew what we were going through. Uh, however, let's also revert our minds back to this. Judicial service, our number is not more than eight. We're not up to 10,000 cities. Mm-hmm. The other public sector whose numbers are more than 300,000 had a 30% increase in their salary. And I've been enjoying it up to now. The government didn't know that they had an economic issue. For that matter, it should be like a... They wouldn't grant it to them. It has to be the judicial service that has to bear this issue that government is complaining. Besides, if government complains that there is, they are having financial issues, you mm. can see the trend of government expenditure, what they have done at Kulu and other places. You can see what has happened there. So it doesn't have to be the judicial, the third arm of government that should cover when government claims that they have uh, economic issues. Okay, but we all know the implications of um, this action on justice or judicial service and delivery, and we know that it's going to come to a halt starting tomorrow. So what would it actually take for this action to be called off? This is what it will take. If the President of the Republic of Ghana brings us the approval, and we see that approval, Philip is signed by him, and the Finance Minister also commits to forwarding the same to the Conference Accountant General to pay us the new salaries with all the areas from January up to the date of approval, we will call off the strike and report to work immediately. Okay. Well, we're grateful uh, for your time. That's uh, Abdullahi Yakubu, is the JUSAC General Secretary. And we're still working on lines to raise uh, the National Labor Commission on this or the Employment and Labor Relations Ministry on this matter as well. But uh, we've been talking about the fact that all this is happening on the day the Chief Justice, Christian Ningyabwa, is exiting office. Well, it marks the end of his three years in office, which has seen some significant infrastructural development, but serious concerns about the neutrality of the JUSAC. 
judiciary were also raised under his tenure. The Ghana Bar Association nonetheless says his tenure was largely successful. Uh, so far, it's about the best chief justice that has witnessed who, under whose reign we have seen a lot of development of courtrooms. To the extent that we even have a permanent court of appeal sitting in uh, Kumasi now serving the uh, northern sector of the country. And the judges are stating there, bungalows have been built for them. And uh, not only that, we have a high court judges to bungalows improve. So he's done a lot, and uh, we expect that a lot will be done after he's left too. Do, do you feel that looking back, he, he may have some regrets about not necessarily fixing the problem because the problem is still there? Oh, I am not sure that you should have any regret and anybody should have any regret. It's a national issue. You know, you may have ideas, but if resources are not there, what do you do about it? It is not your fault. At least I can say that, that during his tenure as a chief justice, uh, a new bill, legal profession uh, bill has been proposed in the fourth parliament. And if, you, if you, you're talking about law school admissions, I think under his tenure, you can see that there's an, an increase in en- enrollment. It doesn't mean that those uh, who acted as chief justices in the past didn't do much. It has an infrastructural problem, and it all boils down to money. Uh, I heard your reporter talk about the law village. Yes, sword was cut, but where is the money to do the construction? It's still there. I passed it this morning. The project, as it is, is still there. Nothing is happening, all because we lack money. So if funds are made available for expansion of classrooms, lecture theaters, I believe that anybody else who passes to go to law school to do the professional law course will be admitted. If you're saying that he didn't do much, or people say that according to you, he didn't do much. Over the people, last year alone, yeah, last year, about 850 people were called to the bar. That has never happened before. Even many called that they did just, uh, I think, at the beginning of this year, at this month, 196 or so were called to the bar. Put together is about 1,000 plus. That has never happened in a legal year. So it can never be true that he didn't do much to open up uh, opportunities for people uh, to be trained as lawyers. That can never be true. That's Xavier Kuje. He's the head. Um, he's the GBA uh, PRO, the Ghana Bar Association PRO. We can hear from JUSAC themselves. They've been uh, describing him as a labor-friendly chief justice. Yes, Abdullah Yakubo. You could read from the faces of staff that they were so sad when his tenure of office was coming to an end because he is somebody who has held every staff of the service together. Busak decided to give him an honor as the most labor-friendly chief justice in the history of the judiciary. And as far as our work is concerned, he is somebody who will not intimidate staff whenever you embark on actions to demand what is due you. He understands that you need to sit together, talk, and then he pushed for issues for staff of the service. So we are going to miss him, so we will continue to be in touch with him, even though he's no longer with the service. So it means that we are paving the way or preparing for the vetting of Her Lordship Justice Getru Tokono. Here's the first deputy speaker of parliament and chairman of the appointments committee, Jose Usu. The Public Accounts Committee will on Friday, 26th of May, hold a meeting at the meeting room in Parliament where we usually hold public hearings to consider the nomination of a Chief Justice to replace the one retiring today. My Lord Justice Gertrude Tokenu's nomination was well referred to Parliament when Parliament convened some two weeks ago and 
On that same day, the nomination was referred to the Appointments Committee. The leadership of the Appointments Committee conferred and agreed that a public hearing to consider the nomination be held on 26th of May. As is the practice, Secretariat of the Committee was directed to advertise them in the newspapers of national circulation. That, those are the words we use. Newspapers with national circulation. I'm aware that same had been done for 14 days. And as at the close of the nomination, the report I have is that we have not received any petitions or no memo in respect of the nominee. To that extent, the committee will sit in public at 10 a.m. on 26. The procedure is not different from all the previous considerations of chief justices. If you may recall, this would be the third of the chief justices nominated by the president, uh, so we will be doing the same thing as we have done in the past. You may also recall that, indeed, my Lord Justice Gertrude Tekenu was considered by this same committee uh, just around two years ago. So she is quite well known to us. Um, we probably will be now interested more about what administrative measures uh, we expect her to um, be employing uh, to deepen the delivery of justice in the country. I am sure that in all respects is going to is not going to be different from the two previous ones we have done. That's the first deputy speaker of parliament who also doubles as the chairman of the appointments committee, Joseph Oseusu there. Well, I'll take you back to the apex court. And like I said, uh, there are other issues um, that came up today and the cultivation of marijuana remains an offense in Ghana as the Supreme Court has in the majority 5-4 decision affirmed its judgment, uh, which questioned parliament's decision to allow production for industrial and medicinal purposes. Though portions of the Narcotics Control Committee Act allowed the Minister for Interior to grant licenses for cultivation of wheat. A private citizen, Ezwame Manan, took the matter to the Apex Court, insisting that Parliament was not transparent in passing this crucial law. The court in July 2022 upheld this view and struck out that portion of the law, while the Attorney General filed processes asking that the court set aside its own decision. And we're told that this request was not granted. Uh, Joseph Akable is still with me. That's our legal affairs court respondent spends the whole day at the apex court today and uh, still with me on the phone so joseph we understand that the ag has pointed out that the court is interfering with parliament's authority to pass laws let's talk about it and so the ag makes the point that as far as he is concerned it cannot be the case that when parliament is considering any bill and it decides to make amendments to that bill it means that it must pause and allow for a memorandum to be submitted accompanying that specific amendment before it can consider and have that amendment passed. As far as he's concerned, the memorandum that came to Parliament on the Narcotic Control uh, Act at the time was a bill. It provided sufficient indication that the Parliament could make such amendments. And so that was the argument that the Attorney General put before the court and said that if the court does not set aside its earlier decision, it will mean that there will be some restriction placed on the ability of Parliament 
to freely make laws as the constitution has asked it to do. Mm. Well, we know that this view was challenged by the private citizen, Mr. Manan himself. What did his lawyers have to say? Uh, lead counsel Efiba Emi here made the point that uh, this is not the position of the law because Article 106 here it was quite clear that when a bill is being introduced, it must it, uh, the memorandum must spell out in detail what the bill seeks to do. She says nowhere in that document was a hint given. Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera, pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. That parliament or government intends to push through and allow for the first time the cultivation of marijuana. She argues that they sneak that particular amendment in at the very tail end of parliamentary proceedings and not did not allow much debate. And she believes that such a crucial amendment should have been indicated in the bill. Citizens should have been allowed to participate in the debate well advertised before parliament would have considered it. And so she urged the court not to set aside its own decision. And the court agreed with her. Well, I'm curious. Um, run us through which judges formed the majority and which ones were part of the minority. And so 5-4, the initial decision was also a 4-3-1. So for this 5-4 decision, the five comprised Justices Jones Doche, Professor Ashikote, Maria Mousu, Professor Enrita Mensabonsu, and Justice Emmanuel Yonikulendi. So they are the five that formed the majority. They, in fact, the only addition to this number is Justice Maria Mousu. She was not part of the initial four when it came out as a 4-3 decision. So she joined uh, the other four that were only already on the original panel to form the majority five in this particular extended panel. In terms of the four that disagreed, uh, they are Justices Lovelace Johnson, Ahmad Dutanko, Samuel Isiedu, and George Kumsin. I'm sure you have noticed that the last two names are very new judges. The reason being that the original seven-member panel that had the case, two of the judges retired. And so it meant that in addition to adding two new judges to enhance the panel for a review, the court also had to replace two other judges. So it meant that four new judges actually came in, but the positions as returned was 5-4. And so quite a close call, but this is the end of the road in respect of this particular matter in terms of the legal aspect of it in court. So we have any idea what happens next? We understand that the government and the AG's office for that matter is considering uh, initiating the process entirely again, i.e. an appropriate bill going through to Parliament indicating a desire to have uh, the cultivation of marijuana allowed for medicinal and industrial purposes. And so that is something that is an akin consideration at this point in time. Okay, thank you very much. That's our legal affairs correspondent, Joseph Akable, their monitoring events at the Apex Court for us. Let me bring in the president of the Hemp Association of Ghana, Nanajiman. Thank you so much uh, for joining us here on Newstart. I'm sure this is an issue that you've been following all through uh, since it began. Um, really, I would want to hear your thoughts on what this particular ruling from the Apex Court means for your members. Uh, well, first of all, hemp evening, uh, MFA, and hemp evening to all your listeners. Uh, before I get into that, I, I have to take an issue. MFA, you're my heartthrob, but trust me, you've just read pure fake news, and your legal chap who was there 
pure fake news. This is not about marijuana. This is not about weed. And none of that was in a part of the court process today. None of it. We are talking about industrial hemp with a THC uh, level of 0.3%. We're not talking about marijuana, locally called weed. We're not talking about that at all. We're talking about industrial hemp, which we can use for industrial purposes, such as producing hempcrete that can build houses, producing hemp wood that is 20% stronger than the wood we can get at the moment from the trees. We're talking about producing everything plastic, which would be biodegradable. And so when we carelessly throw our plastic into our open gutters, it would biodegrade in, in 60 days. We're talking about hemp textiles, hemp paper, you know, hemp cosmetics, hemp water. You know, we're not talking about marijuana at all. We're not talking about weed. And unfortunately, the, all the media houses, you've stuck to this sensationalized line of marijuana and weed. You, you are misinforming your listeners. Nana, Nana, really, I, I've been trying. I've been trying to get where you're going with this, Nana. Uh, if you could, please, I, I'm trying to get where you're actually going with this. I, are you saying that from the very onset, the case that we are dealing with, everything we've been talking about in terms of marijuana, has been wrong? The courts got it wrong. Parliament got it wrong. What exactly are you saying? No, Parliament didn't get it wrong because Parliament. I worked with Parliament on the Parliamentary Select Committee. I was there when that that section 43 was crafted. So so what should we call it? We shouldn't call it marijuana. What should we call it? Nana, please help me. All we were talking about Mm -hmm. were industrial hemp. We were not talking about marijuana. We were not talking about weed. We were talking about industrial hemp for industrial purposes and medicinal purposes. That's what we're talking about. That is what this debate is about. It's nothing to do with we at all. And we, ke- we just keep misinforming the general public about this issue. We ju- I don't know why the media houses, why you can't get it right. I don't know what the problem is. So we should call it industrial hemp. It shouldn't be marijuana. That's, that's the point you're making. It is industrial hemp industrial with a THC hemp. value of 0.3. It is not the weed that you smoke. It is for industry and it is for medicinal purposes. For example... We have children here who suffer from epilepsy. The CBD oil from industrial hemp can be given to those children and it will totally stop those seizures. Well, we'll get, into, we'll get into the concerns that you're raising, Nana. But what we've been talking about is that the Supreme Court, in that majority 5-4 decision, affirmed its judgment, which questioned Parliament's decision to allow production for industrial and medicinal purposes. You say it's, uh, you know, industrial hemp. But really, this particular ruling from the court today, what does it all mean to you if we call it industrial hemp and instead of marijuana? Well, what it means to me, and we, and we must call it industrial hemp... I, I just did, that, Nana, so please go to the point. Yeah, is that what it means is, is that basically we may have to start the procedure all over again with a bill, or perhaps we will be able, we will be able to draft the amendment, and in order to get it inserted, we have to follow the due process, which is to gazette it. And that should have taken place in the first, in the first instance. It should have been gazetted 
sense because it significantly changed the law. Because before that section 43 was added, there was nowhere in there where it talked about a minister having the due authority to issue licenses for the cultivation, processing, manufacturing, etc., etc., of industrial hemp. So, as it stands right now, the law is still there. The law has not gone anywhere. It's just a particular section. And if we want to address that section, I'm sure there is a process that we can use to reintroduce the amendment, but this time ensure that it doesn't breach the Constitution by gazetting it. Okay, we're grateful. And that's uh, Nanajiman. He's a president of um, Hemp Association of Ghana. And uh, that's their, their concern that he raised. At least uh, we follow uh, this and we're told, at least a uh, legal affairs correspondent tells us that uh, the implications are that, of course, we're going to initiate the process entirely and we'll be monitoring that and bring that to you. Uh, let's do business now, uh, George. You know about... Some, yes. it's, some interesting education. I think that yeah. for... I think it's the... the, 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 connect, the, the is Connotation or whatever, mm-hmm. or um, the, yeah, and the, the the branding, and then what do you call it? Um, the, the fact you know that people the pH and all that. Okay. Well, it is very, even even the water that we consume, the pH level. I, I think that his concern is that when the wedding that is used, it it's connects like the people are just on the streets and no, right. just do the paper wrapped, you know, just some uh, five cities or ten cities. Oh, no, no, I'm what? just trying to... No, okay. no, so, so that is what maybe he's concerned with. All these things, there are certain portions that are used for industrial yeah, production, but, but you, you know. But you know the difference, really. Even I, with I, the very hard drug cooking, even there are some medical, I mean, use of it and all the rest. Nobody's doubting that there are, you know, medicinal, you mm. know, uses or for it, but really, if you say marijuana, you say industrial hemp. I think the one is uh, more sold on the streets and one is more for uh, industrial and medical purpose. And maybe that's where the argument is and what he was trying to connote or uh, try to talk about and and how the association has been seeing that this is bad. But there is some good thing about it that you need to explore. (laughs) Well, (laughs) coming up in business, we hear from the president who is optimistic the IMF program will aid in the quick recovery of the economy and government submits new proposals to independent power producers restructuring debts in the sector. The Business News on Newsnight is brought to you by MTN Business. Welcome to the new world of business. Alliance Life and Ghana Pay. Life wonderful. When everything worth doing is scheduled, hitting the stop button on your alarm just in time for your morning jog. That happy moment listening to your baby's heartbeat at the doctor's office. Or an arranged virtual meeting with that big client. Buy airtime ahead of time with scheduled airtime service on MTN Momo. You can schedule your airtime purchase of any amount daily, weekly, or monthly by dialing star 170 hash option 3 and follow the process. Or simply dial star 170 star 311 hash for a superb airtime purchase experience. You enjoy 100% bonus airtime anytime you recharge yourself with MTN Momo. Keep on talking with that 100% feeling. So, what are we doing today? MTN. 
son, we are so proud of you for setting up this hospital. I really love those hospital beds and waiting chairs. By the way, did you import them? No, Dad, I didn't. I actually got them from Kindle Books and Stationery right here in Ghana. Wow. We also bought our office supplies, safes, executive desks and chairs from Kingdom, and they gave us expert advice on how to set up our office. Guys, that makes three of us. I also got our sofa and bedroom sets, plus our dining hall furniture for our new home from Kingdom. Wow, Mom, that makes four of us. I usually get my stationery items from Kingdom, and my teacher also mentioned that our classroom furniture was provided by Kingdom. So there you have it. Whenever you're thinking about setting up an office or acquiring furniture for your home, etc., Kingdom Books and Stationery should be your first point of call. With over 14 years' experience in the industry, we stock and supply a wide variety of globally sourced office and home furniture, stationery, and equipment. Visit our head office, Osu Akwaje, or our office near the Osu Stadium. We're also in Tema Community 1, opposite Olam SHF, Kumase KNUSD Campus, UCC Cape Coast, and now at the Marina Mall, Airport City. Or call us 0302-764101-764209 or 7627092. Visit our website, www.kingdomgh.com. You welcome back to business on Newsnight. Now, President Akufuado has given the firm assurance that the IMF program will indeed aid in the quick recovery of the economy. Ghana's program secured board approval last week after getting the required financing assurance from some of the country's external creditors. Speaking in engagement at the Qatar Economic Forum today, the president noted that the government is committed to taking the necessary reforms that will put the economy on a strong footing. We believe that it is going to provide us with a foundation for redirecting the economy, repositioning the Ghanaian economy firstly to uh, regain the macro stability that had been lost, secondly to be able to have a better control over important data like interest rates, inflation, giving the impetus to private sector development, private sector investment. We're looking at that more than we're looking for assistance from uh, the multilateral development banks, etc. But basically, these are the objectives that we are in. At the end of it, of course, hopefully, position the economy of Ghana in such a way that we have a more diversified economy, right. we have a stronger economy, economy that can withstand the exogenous shocks that we have witnessed in the last two or three years right. and be able, therefore, to stand on our own feet much better in the future than we have. Escuchas ese rugido? Sientes la experiencia de poder? La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. 
And that's President Kufordo speaking in an engagement at the Qatar Economic Forum today. Now, government has submitted new proposals to independent power producers on restructuring debts owed players in the sector. That all these producers are rich in millions of dollars and government is making this new submission after the previous one was rejected by the producers. Dr. Mohammed Amin Adam is the Minister of State at the Finance Ministry. Now the minister has engaged the IPPs mm. and put an offer to them for the restructuring of their debts mm. in line with the general debt restructuring that we are doing. And uh, a number of them have uh, positively responded mm. to our offer. Uh, some have asked for some modification in their power purchase agreements. And so ECG is engaging them on the restructuring of the power purchase agreements. And we should ensure that at the end of this uh, uh, negotiation, uh, the debt levels are, are, are reduced uh, so that uh, uh, we can keep uh, current on our invoices. I must also state that the energy sector is a, is a component of the IMA program, mm. but also of the World Bank uh, DPOs. Uh, we are not required to accumulate new tariffs okay. in the sector or in other MDA. We are not required. And so to be able to fulfill this condition, it means that we must be able to reduce our debt size in the energy sector. We also must ensure that the restructured debts are paid, but we also must keep current on future invoices that are coming. Dr. Mohamed Amin Adam is the Minister of State at the Finance Ministry. Now, Talu Oil is looking forward to an improved turnaround of his operations from the middle of this year. This will be impacted by new oil fields project that will take off from July this year. There is more in the following business text report. Chief Executive of Talo Oil, Rahudia, in a letter to shareholders, maintained that his optimism is influenced by some new developments that are expected to take off on the Jubilee field from the middle of this year. This is expected to increase the daily production of crude oil from the Jubilee field from about 95,000 to more than 100,000 metric tons. The development of two wells in the first half of this year has already brought on board about 17,000 barrels of crude from January to March this year. Talo Oil was expected to spend about $400 million on capital projects in Ghana. The exploration firm in this update to shareholders maintains that a significant amount of this has been spent already in the Jubilee and 10 fields. Talo Oil also announced works on the two new wells have already been finalized with three more set to be completed in the next half of this year. It also disclosed that it has made some significant progress on submission of an amendment to the plan of development and securing a gas seal agreement by the middle of this year. This Talu Oil says it will result in a significant bookable gas reserve for sale. On the recent tax issues with government, Talo Oil insisted that it stands by its decision to file for arbitration with the International Chamber of Commerce in London over some tax assessments done by the Ghana Revenue Authority. It maintained that these are without merit and believes the court will uphold its challenge and concerns. And that is the business text report. Meanwhile, shareholders uh, is that Talos annual general meeting in London today approved all the resolutions that were tabled for consideration, including uh, the finances, remuneration for directors and planned expansion works on 
the Jubilee Field. Now, British Airways is set to launch three new daily flights on the Gatwick Accra Gatwick route from the end of October this year. The move by the airline is more to offer more options to persons flying on the London Accra route and also impact on ticket pricing. Moran Bigger is British Airways head of sales for Africa, Middle East, and South Asia. During the pandemic, we really had to think about what sort of schedules we can we can operate, and we had to make some reductions. Uh, and we've been working really, really hard to um, to, to increase increase those back up. But specifically, it also gave us an opportunity to think about the routes and the areas that we, we want to grow in. Accra, we've seen, you know, kind of it's it, it's been one of those routes that we've been really, really keen to grow, and we now have the opportunity. Um, so we're really excited by the fact that uh, we're going to have three additional uh, flights to Gatwick every single week. So look, we're, we're certainly seeing a lot of uh, a lot of demand uh, from from Accra. What we're doing over here with um, with launching the Gatwick flights, where the the Heathrow flights are still going to operate every single day. The Gatwick flights are an addition to that. So there's there's more choices, more flexibility, and we're really giving the choice to um, our customers here here in Ghana. Moran is British Airways Head of Sales for Africa, Middle East, and South Asia. And that's all for business on Newsnight. And it's all about the industrial hem and uh, local hem or, uh, or street hem. Oh, uh, there's a difference. I know there's a difference, but okay. uh, all right then. Yeah, interesting. Leave it here, um, George. Industry and local. Bye bye, George. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get into sports shortly, but government says it is already taking the necessary steps to review all existing flagship programs as part of its objectives to strengthen fiscal policy. Well, this um, follows emerging details from IMF's May 2023 country report on Ghana, which among other states that one of the key flagship programs fear chases is poorly targeted and adds that Ghana's education system is producing poor learning outcomes. But Information Minister Kojo Ponkrima says government is already reviewing all 16 flagship programs, including the free SHS. I'd like to take you back to the 21st of March 2022 after the quarter one cabinet review. That is when government first announced that all 16 flagship programs were up for review. That announcement was made by myself at the press briefing at the Ministry of Information. And what that means is that we consistently look at these programs on matters of efficiency, effectiveness and value for money. And where we think necessary cuts can be made, we do so. So to be honest, this is not the first time that we have made and publicly expressed this intention and this um, commitment. So it covers all the 16 flagship programs and it's a constant exercise of looking at uh, the efficiency in terms of the spend. Can you make some savings in terms of the spend? Um, How much effectiveness are you achieving for every city you are spending on it? And in terms of the value for money, are you getting every city's worth for what you are spending on? Um, The first nine, may I say, conditions out of these about nearly 50 reforms that have been agreed with the fund are the ones that we have to deal with before the end of this fiscal year as part of the reviews. That's Information Minister Kujo Oponkrima. Let's do sports now and Ms. Bao is here. 
Yes, I'm for well, the GFA elections is drawing closer and closer. And president of the Ghana Football Association, Kati Kriku, says he is unfazed by individuals seeking to contest him for the presidency in the association's upcoming elections. Now, Kat, who is seeking the second term, believes his administration has delivered on their mandate and have served to the appreciation of the football stakeholders and is hopeful they will speak to his favour when the election do happen. Um, what I know is that I'm blessed to be alive. What I know is that I have the right levels of passion for the sport. What I know is that I appreciate the opportunity that Ghanaians and the football family offered me to serve. This opportunity I will never, never forget, and I don't take it lightly. What I've said here is that football will speak. And football will speak, just like it spoke in 2019. What I know for a fact is that we have served football to the best of our ability. We were told when we went first to the classroom that there's 24 hours in a day, but football has taught us that, that there's more than 24 hours in a day. And we have worked more than 24 hours in a day throughout this period from 2019 up to today. And our people in the sport do appreciate our hard work. And we will continue to work until our time is up. That's uh, President of the Ghana Football Association, Care with there. And of course, that's it for sports, which was brought to you by Pepsi Dent, Herbal and Chaco. Every smile matters. Thank you very much, uh, Musbao. I'm wondering where they got the extra 24 hours, the extra hours uh, to add to the 24 hours. But um, sex for jobs, sexual abuse in the fishing industry and corporate organizations, poor remuneration, among a litany of complaints listed as part of human rights abuses in businesses in Ghana. But the Attorney General's Office and the Commission on Human Rights and Administrative Justice Shraj are spearheading and working with other institutions on the development of the National Action Plan to stem the tide. My colleague, Max Agbagba was in Takrade for that stakeholder consultation and has come through with this report. The National Action Plan on Business and Rights has arisen in response to the concerns of the United Nations about the poor human rights provisions and enforcement in businesses and the need for businesses to respect human rights in all their dealings. Some countries have already produced and activated their action plans, while several others are now in the process of doing so. Ghana has already initiated the process to produce a national action plan for promoting human rights and businesses. In an interview with Joy News, the chairperson of the Business and Human Rights National Action Plan Steering Committee, Dr. Sylvia Dusu, said concerns about sexual abuse in the fishing industry and others came up strongly during the SAP group discussions. In the group that I headed, the people are saying that there's a lot of sexual harassment in the fishing industry and that young girls especially are being used in the fishing industry as prostitutes because of the poverty, the endemic poverty in this area. And then I can see that the fishermen also complain that the Navy are harassing them on the sea. I think the media 
has also complained of sexual harassment. And so uh, there's a lot of recommendations have come out on what we should do about it. Now, out of 275 people's population at the Bandu Primary School at the Northeast Gonja District of the Savannah region, only 33 come to school regularly. Hunger has driven them out of school. Their parents say the unpredictable rainfall pattern has affected their farming business, so they are unable to provide three square meals for their children. In today's edition of Ghana School of Shame, my colleague Jojo Kobna looks at how school feeding impacts class attendance. All right, you are welcome to Pandu KG Primary Basic School. Here is KG2. My name is Madame Rita Enema. Children have not been coming to school. Tuesday, only one child who came. Today, to only one person who is in. Due to poor parental assistance in the community, most of the children come to school without eating. When they ask their parents, they will complain they don't have money to cater for their awards. So now, actually, I'm having the total number of 11 students in the class. Parents here disagree that they are unwilling to support their children. Last time, my son needed a coin, but I shouted at him because I had no money. I was annoyed. I yelled. It spoiled my day. How come I could not give my child just a coin? It broke my heart. Some men are even committing suicide, but I won't do that. We don't have money. Times are really hard. The few children here say they are also hungry and wish they stayed at home. We are hungry. That is the reason why many of my colleagues are not in school. Other schools have school feeding. I can't force my friends to come to school. I can't give them food. So when I call them and they refuse to come, I can't force them. Now, an entomologist with the University of Energy and Natural Resources is raising public awareness about the consumption of African palm weevil larvae, also known as akokno in the Akan language. Dr. Jacob Anankwari, the coordinator of the Health Insect Project, says the insect is highly nourishing for the body and has the potential to protect environment because it generates little or no greenhouse gases. Join News Mahmoud Mohammed Nuruddin was at the farm in Sunyai in our report. So these beans all over here have either the larval or adult stages of the African palm lava, which is traditionally known as Akokono in the Akan language. Dr. Jacob Anankwari, an entomologist and lecturer at the University of Energy and Natural Resources, says the larvae grow between 21 and 28 days before harvesting. Once these ones hatch and grow, up to 21 to 28 days, they are often ready for the market. It contains 19 of the 21 essential amino acids as well as high levels of protein and iron. And then whereas the beef has 14 milligrams of calcium, the insect has 88 milligrams. So somebody should tell me why we should not promote the consumption of edible insects. Then again, these insects do not emit greenhouse gases. Only a few groups of insects emit little greenhouse gases. If you compare these to conventional meats like beef, these produce 100 times less uh, greenhouse gases, okay? Currently, one kilogram of palm lava costs between 70 and 100 cities. We produce and we are not able to meet the quantities that people are purchasing. Because if I tell you the number of people who place orders and the class in society who place orders, you'll be shocked. That is why the prices have gone up. A report by Mohamed Nuruddin. 
and that's our show for tonight. There's more when you log on to myjoeonline.com. Like, I'm going to get ready for strong and sassy. You are going to, I can see like, that. Like, yeah, <laughs> I want to be here. So, this, right here. Are, so join the conversation, eh? Uh-huh. That would be very nice. We're talking about the best men to date, older or younger. So the best men to date, marry, and all. All of that, yeah. Older or younger. Mm, what do you think? What's what's your preference? I I've done both. Oh. So, I think it's it depends on the man. Mm. I think it. There are definitely pros no, and cons. The there are definitely pros and cons. Like if it is energy, energy. Oh. One leg to the left side, then you definitely want to go younger. You haven't met older with the energy, with the uh, yeah. pharmaceutical Which, Which energy or pharmaceutical no. energy or natural energy, fresh energy, ish, proper ish, energy. Ish, ish, older ish. the better. Like wine, it has to be older. Oh, I don't know about that. I guess maybe some people just like grape juice, you know. <laughs> Grape juice is not good for you. Too much grape sugar. juice. Too much but sugar. wine and grape juice, what's the difference? No. Wine is just grape juice. Anyway. It has to be older, then you, you get the best So, outcome. anyway, that's a conversation oh, that we're having. But um, unfortunately, young. before we start, Tina Turner just died. <gasps> oh! Dies at 83. Wow, oh, she's old. Yeah. I didn't realize she was that mm-hmm. She was that old. And mm-hmm. Prince Charles is known to once have said that Tina Turner has. <laughs> The most amazing legs. No, did you not know that? Did you know that Prince Charles actually said that Tina Turner had the most amazing legs? I think she does. Um, so, yeah. So, we love Tina Turner. Oh, I feel like singing one of her songs right Please now. Do. Never mind. Please sing us okay, out Strong and Sassy. Um, coming out. Sing us out of No, I won't. Please. I won't. Oh, please. No. If you'll date a younger guy, I will. <laughs> Escuchas ese rugido. Sientes la experiencia de poder, la emoción de la libertad. Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC.